listen to, you know, cool jazz on Amyloid Beta Star 56. <laughs> I've been told I have a good radio voice, so, you know. They're like, this one looks like an eyebrow from the early 2000s, and this one also looks like an eyebrow from the early 2000s, <laughs> and we have to make sure they're not the same one. Yes. They're supposed to be sisters, not twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that about eyebrows. That is that is a true statement. <laughs> but is it true for Western blots too? They should be sisters, not twins. Yes. Apoptosis hey, is going mad. My liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry, of stardust and chemistry. All right. So, hello and welcome to Cowboy Chemistry, where we talk about the wilder days of chemistry. Um, in this case, just this, just now, because we're going to talk about breaking news. Um, but my name is Dylan Gardner. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a PhD candidate at Texas Tech University. My guest today is uh, Celia Martinez, uh, official head of Laugh Hub City and now the producer of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll cut that out. We'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah have you heard about this uh breaking news of the alzheimer's research being possibly falsified i didn't know that it was falsified um one of my uh, nurse co-workers said something about they've come out with a medicine that they think can prevent it completely mm-hmm. um is that the one that's falsified i'm not sure or is it just like all of alzheimer's research of all of history is falsified so not of all history. So this comes down to a paper from 2006 is what this is. 2006, and then it's, it's one person um, whose research is being called into question, and then a couple other like people who po- um, published with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, it seems to be mostly just this person who might be falsifying things. Okay. Um, and it's still allegedly, they're not still 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's still being investigated. Um, there is a drug. So this first started because of a drug. The drug is simu, uh, simufilum. Okay. Simufilum. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. So it did start with, um, that one. It is still in the process of being approved, I think. And then somebody, yeah, has basically somebody, a couple of people hired a lawyer to look into it because they found some things that were... Um, questionable about the data around mm-hmm. it um, and then they hired another person and then they've all been looking at all of the data um, that all leads back to um, this one paper from t- uh, 2006 so to back up I feel like we need to like give a quick like why this is important first and then like go into why people think this might be falsified okay so alzheimer's um disease has been around for a long time as far as like being named alzheimer's it was discovered in 1906 um, by a german pathologist named alus uh alzheimer he was doing um necropsies you know autopsies on um, some dementia patients and he saw the plaques that are in the brains like if you listen to Alzheimer's stuff there's like these plaques that build up in the brain mm-hmm. and so the plaques or like pro- they're also you know to, the plaques are protein deposits in the brains and so he's the first person to see this in like 1906 mm-hmm. and this became like the distinct mark of Alzheimer's disease um, were these plaques and that's what differentiates it from just like regular dementia Right. So, like, there's a lot of things that can cause, like, dementia and memory loss and things like that. Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. it specifically has these plaques that build up on the brain. Oh, okay. So, that was when it was first described in detail and, like, def- differentiated as a, as a disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 1984, um, amyloid beta, which is a type of protein, was identified as the main component of the plaques. So, the plaques are mostly made of amyloid beta proteins. Okay. And then in 1991, researchers traced family-linked Alzheimer's, so like hereditary Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. to mutations in the gene for a precursor protein from which amyloid proteins derive from. Okay. So the there's a gene that links to the to the protein as well. So it seemed that that all. So that's why it's like hereditary. Yeah. So in that case, for for hereditary ones, so not uh all cases are hereditary. But yeah. So. 
it's just leading more again to this leading again to these amyloid beta proteins mm-hmm. initially it seemed pretty clear that amyloid beta um like builds up in your brain and your nervous system and that's what causes the dysfunction in your brain mm-hmm. right um that causes dementia Basically, stopping these amyloid deposits from building up in your brain has been a big focus on Alzheimer's research. Right. And that all seems to make sense. And so, in 2006, this this paper that I'm studying, that, that has been called into question, um, was published in Nature um, and identified a specific subtype of the protein called amyloid beta star, six, star 56. I thought you were going to say star 69. No. (laughs) That would have been fun because they have to use star 69 because I can't remember who just called. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's a mean joke. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's called amyloid beta star 56 as the protein. And so um, the team was at the University of Michigan who published... Sounds kind of like a radio station too. It does sound like a radio station. (laughs) Listen to, you know, old jazz on amyloid beta (laughs) star 56. (laughs) That's exactly what it sounds like. I've been told I have a good radio voice, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, I hope so as a podcaster, I guess. (laughs) It translates. Um, But yeah, so um, the team at University of Michigan discovered a previously unknown um, oligomer species. So oligomer just means like um, a a grouping of proteins. Okay. So they discovered a a oligomer species of amyloid beta that they dubbed amyloid beta star 56. Um, and it's called that because of how how heavy it is. So it's actually relatively large compared with other proteins in the same category. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's pretty unusual. Um, the group said that they isolated amyloid beta star 56 and injected it into young rats. The rat's capacity to recall simple previously learned information, such as the location of a hidden platform in a maze, then plummeted. So, like, there they're basically was, like, you know, they identified this protein, then they uh, supposedly purified the protein, mm-hmm. and then injected it into, the rat, into rats to see how it affected memory. And it affected memory negatively, mm-hmm. right? So, this paper has, like, been kind of a cornerstone for this type of research for now 20 years, almost not on 20 years. Mm-hmm. That nature paper has been cited about uh, 2,300 times, more than all but four other Alzheimer's basic research reports since 2006. So it's very heavily cited. I mean, that's a really large number. And so because of how influential it has been, um, the NIH or the National Institute of Health um, support for studies that relate to amyloid and Alzheimer's proteins has risen from nearly nothing to 287 million in in 2021 so last year they had they gave out 287 million dollars in research funding mm-hmm. based on that yeah based on that research that uh-huh. study you know trying to um basically come up with ways to prevent amyloid beta star 56 from building up in your body right so the paper itself um, imp- provided an important boost to the amyloid and toxic protein hypothesis. So that's what it's called as far as um, like that pr- these proteins are causing Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So they call that the amyloid and toxic protein hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And so at the time when that paper was published, it was actually facing some doubts. So um, a lot of proponents really loved it because it seemed to be validation of what they had been proposing for a long time so like a lot of things weren't adding up and then they're like oh here's this great paper that shows like a very direct cause Uh yeah and it kind of really turned the field on its head because um basically it was like pointed everyone in a direction right and so everyone went that direction because they were like oh um this is the cause this is what we need to be looking into further Mm -hmm. makes sense and so the the paper's first author, and apparently sometimes he is credited for um, the discovery of um, amyloid beta star 56, was um, a guy named Sylvian uh, Lesnay. Uh, he was a young scientist um, who was working in the lab of a professor, Karen Ash, and had hired, uh, she had hired him straight out of a PhD program from the University of uh, Seine uh, in Normandy, France. Um, when he was doing this, he was basically a postdoc researcher in her lab. Mm-hmm. The paper caused a big splat, apparently, because, um, yeah, it, everyone, again, was just, like, excited about it. And Ash, uh, on her website, said 
said that amyloid beta star 56 was the first substance ever identified in brain tissues in Alzheimer's research that has been shown to cause memory impairment. So at the time, it was the only one that had, like, that the protein was directly linked to right. the memory loss, right. right? Like, so you see the proteins, but, like, there's been, there was no other study that showed that the proteins were causing the memory loss, mm-hmm. right? And then less than two weeks after the paper was published, Ash won a very pre- prestigious prize called the Potemkin Prize for Neuroscience, partially because of the work leading to the amyloid beta star 56. Okay. And then Lesne and Ash um, helped spark an explosion in, in that research area. You know, again, like this was such a direct, you know, really showed. So everyone followed this direction. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were saying that it, I don't know if this is just to like downplay his influence in this, but a lot of pe- people are like, oh, well, it wasn't just his work that influenced the direction of Alzheimer's research. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely like a key point in the in the research. Are people just now downplaying it because of everything that's come out about it, or have they always kind of downplayed it? I think the lack, you know, they 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 are. It seems like they're almost downplaying it now because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people don't want to give up on this avenue of research, right? Um, because a lot of money has been put into it, and we'll talk a little bit more later about like what direction people are going in now because they don't want to give up on that. You know that that toxicity, that mm-hmm. the amyloid toxic protein, um, the star fifty nine, the amyloid and toxic protein hypothesis. They don't want to throw okay. out that hypothesis yet. What they're saying is that the toxic protein is not amyloid beta fifty star fifty six. Now they okay. want to go after other protein species. Okay, so this is like, it kind of reminds me of, like this paper is the Cosby Show. I never watched the Cosby show. (laughs) It's not really about the Cosby show in particular. It's about the fact that the Cosby show did a lot of things for um, black people in TV Mm -hmm. and like for black people as a culture when it came out because it really kind of just made them like everybody else. Like people, it was one of the first times people saw black people on TV that was like a kind of an upper middle class family. Mm-hmm. with like a, a dad who was not only there but he was also a doctor and you know the wife was there and she also had a job like it was they were like kind of this all-american upper-class family that people could really identify with and then you know now we know what we know about bill cosby what was happening the whole time it kind of like it spoils that memory that a lot of people have of the cosby show yeah um yeah it's very similar i feel like a lot of scientists right now are kind of reeling and and going like well how did we not pick up on this yeah you know um and that's one thing i wanted to talk about was like how scientists are trained like our training is to look at data and see if data is consistent with the hypothesis Mm -hmm. right so that's what our training is in Mm -hmm. and so if all the data lines up to a hypothesis we're like this looks great fantastic right what we're not trained in is seeing if images have been manipulated right because what has been what this this fraud allegation is about is somebody editing photos of data to be what they want it to be not what it actually was mm-hmm. so that is what the allegation is it ends up saying is that basically they have this piece of data called a western blot mm-hmm. which is um a way of like identifying what proteins are in a sample mm-hmm. and it's just it really it's just a bunch of lines like if you looked at the picture um which will be on the thumbnail i'll put a picture of what a western blot looks like um that it's just a bunch of black lines and so, if you look at that and you're not trained to know what that's supposed to say, first of all, it looks like nothing to you. Right. And then to Photoshop, it would be really easy. You just crop out a line and then paste it somewhere else and cover, and you know, like, I mean, people can Photoshop all kinds of things. And yeah. so, that's basically what the allegation is. And a lot of scientists are not trained on identifying that kind of manipulation of data. Right. Because they wouldn't, why would they be looking for that? Exactly. And I'm, um, and it's really brought up a lot of things of like, when it comes to the peer review process, adding someone whose job it is to look for data manipulation, mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it's a different kind of thing that you're looking for. You know, you're not looking for is the science consistent, you're looking for did somebody manipulate these images. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different kind of thing to look for. 
Because basically what they did was they took pieces to, to identify whether they had manipulated these images. They took the the areas that are were in question of the picture mm-hmm. and then lined them up with other areas in the same picture. So they took one of the black lines and then added and another black line and overlapped them. Um, and then it and then saw how similar it was because mm-hmm. like they're like little fuzzy fuzzy lines so it should be fairly random they shouldn't line up super super well right so you should see some divergence but Mm -hmm. if they line up really exactly it looks like someone cropped out that part of the image and moved it around so that is what it's looking like someone has done Uh um and it's over 20 papers does it look like this has been done on so not it starts with this 2006 paper and then there's been 20 more papers since then from the same person who has all now been called into question Mm -hmm. so so now the now the thought is like maybe it's not this protein that causes it yeah okay yeah so first of all this protein might not exactly even be present like there's only uh there's only been like a handful of people who have even detected amyloid beta star 56 in their samples Mm -hmm. so like it probably doesn't pay play a major role in the disease very much at all Right. And it's not like they have an endless amount of brains of people with Alzheimer's that they can just like, well, let's just test another one. Yeah. And what they were saying, too, from what I was reading is essentially like they were saying that they could tell whether these proteins were like in the intercell space or Mm -hmm. if they were in in brain cells or if they were like in blood vessels or like they could tell where the plaques were mm-hmm. according to the person who studied this and people were saying that that doesn't make sense and that that is part of the problem too mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't quite sure what they meant by that but like basically they were saying some of his techniques didn't even make biologic sense mm-hmm. and i was like well if the technique didn't make sense then why did this then how did published? the paper go so far yeah i'm like what 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 is it about this that doesn't make sense because i don't know enough about biochemistry for that specific side of it right um to know why that doesn't make sense you know i'm <laughs> i'm an inorganic chemist so right. i don't i don't do that but um but yeah just to just to keep going with the story real quick um so let Liz, Lesne um, joined the University of Michigan um, with his own NIH-funded lab in 2009. Mm-hmm. So because of that paper he published in 2006, they gave him his own lab. He got some funding. Um, amyloid beta star 56 remained his primary research focus, so he kept with the same research topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan Larson, who worked as a junior scientist for Lesne, um, is now and she's now off um, as a product manager at Biotechni. Um, she she said that she and others in the lab often ran the experiment. So she was the one, like, once he was his own professor, you know, that he had people underneath him run run the Western blots mm-hmm. and collect that data. And Larson says, but in his in the papers, Lesne still prepared all the images for publication. So even though other people were collecting the data, he was the one putting it together to be published. Uh-huh. So, so he was really the only one who had access to everybody. Like, because everybody's working on, like, one specific part of the process, right? Probably, And yeah. he's the only one that has all of the information. Right. And he can kind of put it together however he wants. Yeah. Okay. Is potential, yeah. Because essentially, too, and especially in a lot of these biochem labs... There's a, it takes a lot of manpower to go through all the stuff. And you're doing a lot of these experiments over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And then you're submitting them and, and then they're getting compiled into um, data that makes sense, you know. Right. Um, and so that's not unusual. Um, but it does, you know, he was the one who had all, like you said, he had all the pieces together. Other people were only seeing certain parts of right. the project. So they wouldn't necessarily know that something weird was happening. Right. And like Western blots... Um, let me look up a picture of a Western blot so you can see. Like, they're not like they're like easy to take a glance at and for you to know what they what they look like. You know, you really have to study one mm-hmm. to um, see the um, if there was something wrong with it. You know, but he gets a job at a university, and she also gets a job based on this research. Yes, and to be fair, she might not have done anything wrong. You know, I mean, right. running, running a Western, Western blot is not... Yeah, so here's what these guys look like. So kind of remind... Did you ever see the movie um, The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCartney? That sounds familiar. 
but I, um, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> so Sandra's character is like an FBI agent, right? And one of her big um, accomplishments was catching the Red Falls killer. And she's always bragging about it. She's always bragging about it. That's how she got... That's how she moved up in the uh-huh. FBI. Okay. Uh-huh. And then you kind of find out, like, at the end of the at the end of movie at the end of the movie, that she's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I think I might have been wrong." <laughs> so that's. I feel like that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. Um, I just. I'm trying to put this into context where it's like I can relate it to something that I am familiar with. Yeah. So that's what a Western blot looks like. I mean, it's just a bunch of a blobs and it like just looks like little squiggles. Yeah, they're just like little, little squiggles. It's like it's like a really bad eyebrow palette. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Um, but yeah, like, if even if you had run it yourself, I feel like it would be really hard to, like, take a glance at it and be like, oh, yeah, this yeah, got moved identify- yeah. or, you yeah. know. Yeah, and so from that, you can determine, like, what the concentration and the, like, which proteins are present in there and, mm-hmm. like, in what concentration. So that's what they were, like, looking at. The people working in his lab, they were probably just handing those in. And then, yeah. you know. Because they're like, this guy, he already knows. We're just reworking this thing for him mm-hmm. and like in a lot of cases you know the the phd students they're not writing the papers mm-hmm. so like especially in a lab so like this, he's lauren michaels and everyone else is the cast of snl sure i don't know anything about that either. lauren michaels just puts together the show and he like gets to decide which sketches get to go on and which ones don't and stuff like that got you then yes <laughs> he's the the leader of the lab i guess i don't know what that would person would be called the, the, the professor the director um, yeah the the, the research advisor the director yeah because yeah. i think he's also or at least now i think he's di- the director of a whole center oh yeah right here uh, Les- lesney becomes the leader of uh university of michigan's neuroscience neuroscience graduate program in 2020 mm-hmm. so he's now the head of their graduate program um and then in may of 2022 he actually received a really coveted ro1 grant from the nih Mm-hmm. Um, that has five years of support. So, like, that's a very competitive um, funding that he was he was awarded. Right. The NIH program officer for the grant, his name is Austin Yang, apparently was also a co-author in the 2006 Nature paper, and he declined to comment on, on this. Um, Yikes. So, I don't know if there's an issue going on there or not. Um, I, I don't know. It could, it could be nothing, you know. <laughs> But yeah. do you think this this uh, Sylvian guy, do you think he just, like, every day when he goes home from work, he just, like, drinks a glass of whiskey, like, turns, like, closes the curtains, turns off all the lights, and just sits there like they found out? I don't know. I don't know. Because, um, yeah, so there there's, you know, Sylvian, and then there's the, the Professor a- uh, Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been very... I haven't heard much from Lesney. I think he's... I think the University of Michigan, too, is telling him not to comment. Right. Because they, the university... They're getting a lot of money based off of his research, based off of him being there. Yeah, and the university itself is launching an investigation into these fraud allegations. And Mm -hmm. so, like, and from my understanding from professors in my own, because they've told me, too, um, what the, like, one of the first classes I took, they told me what the process is if somebody gets accused of fraud or misconduct, Mm -hmm. research misconduct, and basically a panel of other professors get put together, um, and they analyze all the data and all the um, evidence of malfeasance, whatever, I think that's the right word, malfeasance, Mm -hmm. um, to see if, if this was done, like, was this a mistake or was this done on purpose? Right. So, right now, they're trying to determine... Was this a mistake or was this done on purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think right now University of Michigan is trying to keep it internal. It's kind of too late for that. But yeah, <laughs> um, they are trying. Like, I'm sure they are putting together a investi- investigation team um, mm-hmm. to, to look into, like, the actual. Because also um, one of the things is, like, the, the people that have been the whistleblowers on this um, do not have access to the original data. Right, so they just are looking at the published data. Right. And so from that, that's what they're saying. It, 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 that's how they're making these conclusions. And so to be absolutely sure of what has happened and what changed from the original data to the published data, you have to have access to the original, to the original data. data. Yeah. And they just don't have access to it. So How would they get access to it? Basically, um, Lesney would have to give it to them. Uh-huh. And... He, again, has not been able to be reached right. for comment even, so there's been no... He's got to be nervous. Yeah. 
Um, now there was another, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but the Dr. Karen Ash, after science reached out to her to get a comment from her about the entire thing. Um, science the magazine? Yes. Okay. Um, no, just like science in general. Right. So there's science the journal uh-huh. and then there's science... The, there's a science there's a science journal and there's a science magazine and I think they're related but not the same thing. Yeah. And so it's yeah. But yeah, so she had some things to say about it. What did she say? I'm trying to find it in these notes that were kind of a little confusing. <laughs> but okay. So she said that she wished to retract the entire study in its entirety, citing that confidence in it has been under undermined. Mm-hmm. So she wants to retract it. But she also maintained that a retraction does not call the amyloid beta hypothesis into question. But that's where it comes from, right? So the fact that it's an amyloid beta protein doesn't necessarily get called into question with this. That it's amyloid beta star 56 is what's uh-huh. being called into question for sure. Okay. So it is now less clear on... Because the plaques are still made of these proteins, amyloid right. beta proteins. The question is, are the plaques a symptom or are they a cause? Uh-huh. So right now, that paper was was what determined it to be a cause uh-huh. of the memory loss, not just a symptom of Alzheimer's disease. Right. She's saying that she's still confident that the proteins are causing the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, she still said that she has faith in amyloid beta-56. She said that she has a promising re- initial result and remains excited about the work and believes that it has potential to explain why alpha beloid beta therapies may yet still work despite recent failures targeting amyloid beta plaques. So a lot of these medicines that have been coming out have not been passing clinical trials is my understanding mm-hmm. um, because amyloid beta proteins might not actually be causing Alzheimer's. Right. The science is still out on that because there's like three medications on trial right now mm-hmm. in the FDA that have not been ruled out as therapies. So it might be that amyloid beta treating amyloid beta protein buildup helps with symptoms and like you know right. Um, it's just not clear right now what's going on. Um, well, and they can't really tell if you have those plaques on your brain until you're dead, right? I don't know. I don't know if you can see them on MRIs or not or or, oh, okay. or what, you know. Um, now, there are... They just um, said they'll give you one of those brain flaps where they open it up. They take a look. Like, you know, when sometimes <laughs> you look under your hood to make sure everything's okay. They're like, yep, checks out. They close it. Yeah, just quick just quick brain surgery. They put one Check of those little sticks in there just so that it doesn't close on the... <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how skulls work, right? Just- I think, yeah. I think you know, there's a little kickstand, and that's what they're called, kickstands in there. I mean, brain flaps are a real thing, but it's not, like, you know, it's for swelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, oldest surgery in the world, in fact. Just drilling holes into people's heads. Yeah. Um, and then people just survive, which is crazy. Yeah. Then In ancient times, there's no way to put it back, so you just had a hole in your skull, but, you know, you didn't die from head trauma, so... Yeah. It works. Trepanation is what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what they call it anymore. I I just think the term brain flap is gross. Probably. (laughs) But, yeah. So, there's two other theories, um, potential theories, on what Alzheimer's cause is. One is, like, an immune dysfunction um, or inflammation. So, basically, like, they're thinking it's either some kind of inflammation-based disease and or um, an autoimmune disorder is my Mm -hmm. understanding. But I guess some scientists have um, complained that these theories have been sidelined by what they... I have this in quotes, amyloid mafia. The amyloid mafia? (laughs) The amyloid mafia. (laughs) I actually kind of really like that. That's kind of funny. But yeah, um, some people were saying that the amyloid hypothesis became the scientific equivalent for a Ptolemaic model of the solar system. So um, that's in... Basically, that's the Earth-centered... Like, mm-hmm. you know, we used to think that the universe revolved around the Earth. Right. Um, so they're saying that the amyloid beta theory is now that kind of model and that it's, like, not okay to question it. So it's, like, they're trying to say, like, oh, this is sacrosanct. You can't. Right. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily sacrosanct because, like, at least the that model was also linked to religion. But, you know, it is very... Like, if you're not researching amyloid beta proteins when it comes to Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. you're kind of given the back burner. Right, because they think that all, like the all the ducks have been put into one bin, and that right. is um, amyloid beta proteins. And so, anybody else studying anything else that comes with that disease is getting a lot less funding. Okay, is basically the problem. 
Um, there is one guy at Harvard University named Dennis uh, Selko, um, who is a leading advocate of the amyloid beta and toxic oligomer hypothesis. Um, he was also he has cited that Nature paper from 2006 13 times. So he is not like totally against the amyloid beta theory, like that that protein theory. He published at least two papers that said he could not find any amyloid beta star 56 in human fluids or tissues. Mm -hmm. So when he's done his own research, he could not find that protein that was cited in the 2006 paper. Uh So he was saying like, yes, it is proteins causing this. It's not amyloid beta 56. Mm -hmm. So how we figure how this came out as far as it being a... um, like being called fraud, there was a guy named Matthew Schrag, um, who is a neuroscientist and ph- physician at Vanderbilt University. He got a call from a colleague that wanted to connect him with an attorney investigating that drug called Simuflam. Mm-hmm. Um, the drug's developer was uh, Cassava Sciences, claimed that it improved cognition partially by repairing a protein that can block the sticky brain deposits of amyloid beta proteins Mm -hmm. so and then the attorneys of the client were two prominent neuroscientists who would profit if the company's stock fell so if the cassava drug did not work these other two scientists basically had another patent i guess i don't know who they are but maybe they have another medication or something they have some kind of stake in the cassava drug not working and so they pulled in this other guy um matthew shrog to um, check out the data around that, that drug, and he found that it was fraudulent. But that was in August of 2021, and then by December of 2021, uh, Shrog visited a website called PubPeer, which is a website where scientists flag possible errors in published papers. So if you find an error in a so paper... So PubPeer is not like where all the scientists go to like have drinks? No. That would be a good name for a bar, though, mm-hmm. for scientists. I feel like, you know, pub peer and then, like, peer pub. Yeah, peer pub. Peer pub. I like peer pub. Yeah. It's a good pun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's just all go drink beers and maybe, like, talk about these things before they get published. That yeah. would be great. <laughs> <laughs> we should get, like, a good consensus first before we decide that we're going to come out with this and pretend like this is the end-all, be-all of... What causes this horrible disease that, you know, ruins families? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that it ruins families, but, you know, it's not a I mean, good time. It's definitely not a good time. I mean, it, it's a really hard... I, sometimes it is, actually, though. When you have, when you have like, a Alzheimer's patient and they don't, like, they're not in the present, mm-hmm. it is kind of entertaining, I guess, to, like, hear their theories about the world because their theories are, like, 40 years old. Because that's the last, you know, that's where they kind of regress to. Yeah, because you you forget your most recent memories first, right? And so you're, yeah, because like my, I don't know if my grandma had Alzheimer's or a different kind of dementia. I don't, or my great grandmother, I should say. But, you know, she would think that my grandfather was her husband or, you know, like that that kind of stuff happens a lot. Um, Yeah, or they'll think like their grandbaby is their baby yeah they're like yeah. i don't know who this man is but that's my baby yeah yeah um yeah that happens like, a lot actually your then... baby is 62 years old <laughs> your baby is that man <laughs> <laughs> um but i do like a lot of the treat how the the treatment as far as um because i think a lot of people used to try to remind people that they're in the present but now yeah. they try to just work with them um because yeah, you don't want to you don't want to break the uh break the illusion you kind of just like go with it right right and because it doesn't i mean it doesn't do any good like yeah it definitely is because trying to force somebody into a reality that they don't see Mm -hmm. it causes like it's just a lot more emotional distress than it's really worth yeah absolutely and i've seen like they've given um because sometimes it's not safe to let an alzheimer's patient handle a real baby because they don't fully understand sometimes and mm-hmm. so they've given them like babe like those like baby simulators mm-hmm. um and so they like take care of a little baby um yeah. and like they're super happy about it and they're like uh, i don't know i've seen a lot of videos of that kind of stuff and yeah it, well and there's been better. i mean there's been like a lot of studies too where it's like if you which i think this is kind of a sick study it's like if you give a patient with dementia or a patient with alzheimer's um like a plant to take mm-hmm. care of mm-hmm like, the effects of the disease are 
not as bad as if like they don't have a plant like they'll die sooner if they don't have something to take care of really yeah hmm. that's kind it's of kind nice. of a sick study but i don't know it's kind of nice though like yeah. they're like that that nurturing um yeah i mean because you don't necessarily want to give them like a dog right because they might forget to feed it or yeah. feed it too much or but if you yeah. just give it like an ivy or something mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. some it's some little little friend that they can have to to hang out with mm-hmm. um i just like that that's like a nurturing spirit of humanity yeah like even even if we're sick we us taking care of someone else still helps yeah. us i don't know that's a very sweet study i think <laughs> that's cute yeah. But yeah, so anyway, in December 2021, um, uh, Shrog published on the pub pier um, his, his, the errors that he saw in those papers. Um, and so a lot of the site's posts, that site's posts come from um, people analyzing Western blots for people um, photoshopping them, basically. Mm-hmm. being Things being removed and inserted and cut and pasted, basically, right. into different parts. So a lot of these data manipulations seem to be going on, especially when it comes to Western blots. Yeah, and such mis- ma- manipulations can obviously falsely suggest that a protein is present or at a higher level than what it is actually there. Because, mm-hmm. right, you're telling how, what is there and how much of it. Because um, those little squiggly lines are the proteins. Yes. I don't know how you could tell the difference between one and another, but... Um, it's a computer program that, like, mm-hmm. analyzes... I, I, my, this is my understanding. Again, I am not a biochemist, but I think basically what happens is they analyze how dark the spot is, and the darker the spot, the more protein is present. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because I, I believe that there's, like, a, a thing that will, like, actually measure, like, by contrast, how dark uh-huh. the spot is. So then they can tell if this one matches this one? yeah. Like, if it was copy and pasted, like you said? Right. So, basically, they to, to tell if they were copied and pasted, they took, like, a computer program and took the spots that looked really similar mm-hmm. and then laid them over top of each All other. All spots look similar. I don't know how <laughs> they would even know. But, yeah. Um, but they, they basically superimposed them on top of each other. And then this computer program, like, made a plot of the hot spots, which is where they overlaid. Mm-hmm. And so, if they don't overlay... <laughs> They're like, this one looks like an eyebrow from the early 2000s, and this one also looks like an eyebrow from the early 2000s, <laughs> and we have to make sure they're not the same one. Yes. They're supposed to be sisters, not twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gotcha. I know that about eyebrows. That is that is a true statement. <laughs> but is it true for Western blots, too? They should be sisters, not twins. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's what they were trying to find out. Um, yeah, and so he, he posted that um in pub pier and then science the magazine again um asked two interview independent image analysts so basically doing the same thing shock did but they're now independent people mm-hmm. um Bic and yana christopher to review shrog's findings about papers and other papers by lesne and they say some supposed um, manipulation might be digital artifacts um so basically like it just might be you know, just because of how the image was made, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can occur inadvertently during image processing, which, um, like, that's, again, like, was this an accident or was this on purpose, right? right? But Bick found um, that his conclusions um, were compelling in sound, so basically that Shrog was right to be suspicious of these images, um, and he also concurred that there might be many duplicated images, so basically, like, there, there was one that plot in particular that seemed to be published in three separate papers as if they were different, like different data mm-hmm. sets, but they look identical. See, So it's like whenever um, Band released the song Under Pressure, they tried to sue um, Ice Ice Vanilla Baby. Ice, yeah. Yeah. Because the it's very similar, but there's like in Ice Ice Baby, there's a little in a little extra bass line. Yes. But it's like, it's the same. It's the same thing. You it, just added a little... A little spice. Exactly. And so, like, you can publish an image more than once, but you have to cite the first time you published it so that people don't think it's new. Uh-huh. Like, because otherwise you're, like, you know, padding your resume, basically, you right. know, saying you've been at a job for a year instead of eight months mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Which I do all the time. <laughs> I feel like everyone probably does that to yeah, some degree. Yeah, I mean, you got it. 
Yeah. But yeah, so Karen Ash, um, after being called out, posted some of... Uh, she supposedly posted some of the original um, unpublished versions of the data. So she apparently did publish some of the originals into um, PubPeer. And those do not show the digital cut and paste marks that Shrog had identified. Uh-huh. And kind of tried to, like, come to her her own and, and, and res- uh, uh, Lesney's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, I guess, the people, Shrog, especially in some of the other people that have um, looked at these, think that that might be even more incriminating because, like, again, these originals don't show these kinds of, manu- like... Like, you would expect them to match. Yeah. Or, like, be pretty well, close. Well, and of course she's going to come to the defense of the guy that she was working with. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of might have hurt her case, not helped her case, but she yeah. tried to defend herself and show the originals. But, yeah, in the end, science said it found more than 20 suspect papers by Lesney and identified more than 70 instances of possible image tampering in his studies. Yikes. Um, question about Lesney's work are not new, apparently, too. So there was a cell biologist, Dennis Vivian, who is a senior scientist um, at SANE, um, which was, like, where he was getting his uh, PhD at. Lesney got his PhD there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a co-author on five of Lesney's paper um, that were flagged by Schrock or Bick. Mm-hmm. So he's been on some of those papers. Vivian defends the validity of those articles in particular, but says he had reason to be wary of Lesney. So he actually was kind of suspicious of Lesney when they worked together because towards the end of Lesney's time in France before he came to the University of Michigan, Vivian says they worked together on a paper for nature neuroscience involving the amyloid beta protein. Um, during those five Final revisions, he saw immunostaining images in which antibodies detected proteins in tissue samples that Lesney had provided. So Lesney provided a piece of data. Vivian thought they looked dubious, and so he had another different students replicate the findings. So he had someone else do it. They couldn't replicate it. So that's kind of more, I guess, um, that kind of points more in the direction like he's doing this on purpose and it's not just an accident. Possibly. I mean, like, yeah. Again, it's how many mistakes can you like legitimately make? Yeah, Mm -hmm. unless you just really don't know what you're doing, and which is, you know, maybe he shouldn't be this kind of scientist. Yeah, and again, I think it's too early to fully say it's on purpose, Uh just because we don't have the. Oh, I just like the conspiracy of it all. Yeah, Um, but I know everyone's talking about it, and they probably want to hear about it. So I was gonna tell tell the story, tell what's going on, you know, and of course everyone's like of course, angry, because, again, science is being undercut, the trust in science is being undercut yeah. yet again um, by people who are doing science unethically, um, and especially in a field like medicine. I mean... Yeah. Well, it's like that guy who, um, like, got... I think he got his license taken away, didn't he? Who He said that um, vaccines cause autism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, I think he got... I don't know if he got his degree taken away, but I know he got a lot of... Like, he can't research anymore. He yeah. can't... He lost a lot of his privileges. So, uh, I don't know exactly what happened to And him. is it because did he, like... Did he do it on purpose, or he made a mistake and then just, like, stuck by it? I don't know. Honestly, I'd have to look into that more. I know that he has doubled down on it since then. He still yeah. he still says that, um, even though he has been proved wrong. And so I'm not sure if he was removed because he did something wrong in that initial study. My understanding is that he manipulated the data to say different things mm-hmm. than what it actually said. Mm-hmm. Was that confirmation bias? Was that something else? Like, I don't know what, what his mind is saying, but right. I know he now at least is sticking by this incorrect incorrect theory yeah and Um, people say that like oh science is silencing him medicine is is silencing him because pharmaceutical companies make so much money off of vaccines yeah but i mean no because first of all they don't make that much money off of vaccines no vaccines are not a money maker well no because they're not researching anymore they just like this medicine is done we put it out now yeah it i mean it's not a big money maker for them at all I don't understand where that part of it is coming from exactly. I mean, and hit him specifically too. You know, like like I said, he his data did not show what he said it showed. Like his right. conclusion about his own data was wrong. Like he just said stuff, and then but his own data contradicted him. Right. Like it was not as strong a correlation, and it certainly wasn't causation. Like right. there's no no evidence of this at all. And then even if there was one paper that showed this. 
there's a mountain of other papers that show that it doesn't. Right. So, like, even if you have one paper that says this, if there's 80 other papers that show that it doesn't, you know, like, because you have to look at sample size, you have to look at the big picture. Yeah. I mean, because there's just been another... Well, and if it's not, I mean, if... Like, the very basis of science is, like, you have to understand that if your results cannot be replicated, you are wrong, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Because And that's been the problem with this amyloid beta theory for so long. Like, a lot of people have been saying, like, hey, we can't replicate this. Something mm-hmm. seems up with this. Because that's been a question for years is, like, hey, this amyloid beta stuff just doesn't seem to be very replicable. Like, some people get it. Most people don't. You know, something weird's going on. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily evidence of malpractice right but now it seems like there is but you know like if it's not replicable then it's probably not real (laughs) and that's a big problem Mm -hmm. and yeah and so a lot of people have been talking about adding these image manipulative specialists like as far as like detecting the manipulation um to our peer review process having them i think i've i think i've heard of that too because something that people don't think about which you kind of see in like um I don't know what you would call it, but it's just about, like, learning how to read, um, like, graphs and charts and things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't actually know how to read them. Oh, yeah. Like, if they see, like, a pie chart or something and something, like, you know, part of the pie chart is, like, it looks like it's most of it. Yeah. But on the side, it tells you, like, oh, this is actually only 37%. People won't read the thing that's on the side. They just look at the pie chart and, like, take that as fact. They take that as evidence. Or if, like, on a chart that has, like, a... So if the numbers on the Y side don't necessarily, if they're uneven, people don't look at that. They just look at the bars. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you can manipulate images like that without even changing the data and and trick people into different conclusions because... um, Turns out people are not that smart. I disagree. I think that there are just people that try to mislead people. Right. Um, And they're doing it on... Sometimes they're doing it on Well, not everybody knows how to do, like... Not every, like, I mean, I wouldn't know what those little squiggle lines are. Nobody knows, like, if you don't know how to read the data, it's very easy to be misled. Yeah, um, I agree. I just, I just don't hate calling people stupid for not knowing how to read this random thing that they don't need to know except in this one case. Yeah. You know, because, like, that's what scientist jobs are for, is for us to read these things and interpret it for people mm-hmm. that don't know what these things mean yeah yeah because so I, I guess i don't mean that like some people are not that smart i just mean like you know not everybody knows yeah not everybody knows and yeah and i mean that's part of this podcast is just trying to like get people to put put it in terms that people don't that people understand yeah because i think scientists on the broad are not really great at um Figuring out ways to explain this to the public. Well, I mean, it's just like anything else. If you have a niche understanding about something, you kind of, like, you forget that other people don't understand that thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know I'm guilty of that because I, yeah, I I know I'm guilty of that because I'll start talking and people are like, what, what is a actinide i don't know what an act yeah. you know like i'll just use these these uh jargon terms you know these specific terms and, and people are like i don't know what you're talking about and i have to, be, I have to back up <laughs> you're like okay it's kind of like this other thing i also don't know what that is well yeah every every day every day <laughs> i said I, I told someone i was an f element chemist and they're like what's an f element um what is an f element <laughs> i don't know what that is <laughs> But yeah, so that's what's going on in the world of Alzheimer's research. I'm really, and this is all kind of like brand new, basically. Yeah, so I mean, December of 2021 was when it first kind of started coming out. And then, let's see, the article from Science, when was that published? That came out July 21st of this year. Oh, um that's pretty fresh yeah so like i said breaking news but yeah and then another study just recently came out too about this is a whole other probably gonna be a whole other episode at another point is that serotonin might not be the cause of depression or like a lack of serotonin might not be the cause of depression do we know anything (laughs) (laughs) that's fun yeah that's you know 20 years of alzheimer's research and medical testing that uh you know could have all been for naught yeah or whatever people say i mean hopefully it's not for naught maybe the i mean again because 
these amyloid beta proteins are still a feature of Alzheimer's. They are still in the brain of Alzheimer's patients. And but it may not be, be the cause. So treating it, it might treats be the symptom, but the it symptom. doesn't really, uh, doesn't really make a difference in the actual, like, disease. Well, I mean, if you treat a symptom and it improves memory, right? I mean, then it hasn't been a waste. And so I think to, to I think we should wait until these medications get through their FDA trials and mm-hmm. see if they pass or not. I think if none of these medications pass, that's not good news. That's not good news. I think. I mean, I guess it's not necessarily bad news because you're not putting out a medicine that doesn't do anything. Right. I mean that 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 is definitely the better option. Um, but you know, again, if we're treating the symptom, it is making the symptoms better. I mean, it's not a total loss. Yeah. Right. You know, we're not curing it, but we're making people's lives better in in for now. And I think that would be good. And it's still worth it. I agree. Yeah. I just want to be like, I'm trying to figure out how QAnon is going to handle this <laughs> situation. I'm like, how are they going to turn this conspiracy into the government's trying to kill us? Yeah. With uh, proteins. And that's why people, especially us scientists in general, are just like, really, guy? Why? Can you stop? And, and from my perspective, too, like, okay... He did this in, in his postdoc, right? So postdocs are usually like two years of work. Mm-hmm. He could have picked any other research past that, right? If he if he has doctored these images um, and he's being fraudulent about this, why are you continuing in the same field, continuing to doctor research that is affecting people's real life? You know, like you are lying about something that is somebody's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just unacceptable. I just don't understand... The motivations behind that as a person like i don't know maybe i'm just too soft as a person but i'm just like yeah like why would you continue in this field messing with people's lives i you mean know? that's a good question for almost every politician for uh i mean because doctors kind of sometimes do the same thing but it's also like a lot of it has to do i'm sure with like his notoriety i guess in the scientific field and um uh, like his it's ego. like, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's almost definitely ego if he's doing this all on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then also like the money that he's getting. Yeah, I mean, and he's not like. I mean, he's not like. I'm sure he's not rolling in it or anything, but it is financing his life. Yeah, I mean, like, because the NIH money does not. Well, I guess I don't know how the NIH the NIH money usually doesn't go to paying professors. Oh, okay. So when you get those NIH. Like, it's not paying his But it's still paying for his work. Yes. So it pays usually... And I'm sure the... students, postdocs, the people who work under him. And, like, all the supplies he needs for his research. Yeah. That's what the money usually goes for. And I'm sure the university is, like, really happy that they have that money. So they're giving... They might be giving him a little, you know. But this is all just speculation. Yeah. So... I just... I I always try to figure out, like, why somebody's doing something bad. And I'm like, what kind of money are you getting? Yeah, I, again, I don't know what a salary is. How I much know. is it to sell your soul? Yeah, uh, sell your soul and all of these patients' lives that you've affected. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. So I really hope that, um, I don't know, something good comes out of this. Because, like, like I said, it, I, I just hope that it the could medications be really bad. come out good. Because at least something good has come out of this. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, and then people have been talking, like, what is the punishment if it is on purpose like is there gonna be because he if he did this on purpose that's fraud and he committed fraud Mm -hmm. and got government money with fraudulent research Mm -hmm. like can he be indicted for that like is that an indictable yeah because it's not like there's there's not really i guess that many laws against doing bad science there's laws against doing bad medicine yeah i don't know if he has a md or a phd let's see because that's a good question. He probably has an MD if he's doing people research. If he's, like, picking people's brains apart. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. The letters after his name are PhD and then MSCI, but I don't know what MSCI stands for. MSCI degree, Master of Science in Clinical Investigation. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, then, yeah, he does not have a medical license. I don't think. It's still not a good look. Like but yeah i don't know what happens to people like that probably nothing honestly well i mean the next step is is if it's on you know the i'm sure uh, the nih and the university of michigan are both launching investigations into him so we'll find out eventually 
at the very least, he'll be, like, fired and not allowed to do things anymore. Yeah. And all his data from now, anything else he publishes between now and, and whenever. Be heavily scrutinized. Yeah. yeah. In fact, he probably won't be allowed to publish for a hot minute. Everything should be heavily scrutinized anyway. Yeah. Um, just in case, but you know. Mm-hmm. And the paper, as of now, has not been retracted, but Nature did put a... Uh, There's, like, a disclaimer or something? A note on it that says that it's um, under question. Uh-huh. So. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and to, re- like, you know, the Ash wanted to retract the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, usually every author has to agree to retract the paper before that can happen. And he won't agree to do it because he can't really do anything yet because the university. I don't know what's going on with him as far as that goes so um that's possible um but just so people know how it works like all the authors usually have to agree to retract it before Mm -hmm. it'll get retracted so um or then the or the the people at nature can decide to retract the paper Mm -hmm. themselves um it's those are the two ways it'll get retracted when when if it gets retracted yeah yeah great times good news not really bad news (laughs) Good morning, bad news. That's a that's a TikTok channel. Really? <laughs> I feel like that's every day. Well, I am sad, I think. You Just because it's like, well, I mean, I'm sad for all the people that invested so much time and, and like money and effort into this thing when it could turn out to be like false. Yeah. But all it's also people- like, does it necessarily have a direct impact on my life personally? No. But, you know, I feel sad for other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, in general, pissed off. I'm pissed off about that. Yeah. And um, as the as the serotonin one comes out, that's the other one I've been thinking about. Because I'm like, come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> we also don't really know how antidepressant medication works. Right. She's like, and, I don't know. Take these pills. They work somehow. Yeah. And a lot of people have talked about how, like, SSRIs don't really have a clinical dose that is helpful. Yeah. I forget what they call that exactly, but there's no clinical dose that that is medically seen as helpful, like, that yeah. relieves symptoms, um, you know, statistically. You know, some people, obviously, every individual is different. Some individuals get get help from the medications and some don't. Um, but it's because we don't know, like you said, we don't know how yeah. it works, so we can't decide, like, oh, will this one work for you or will this one work for you or whatever. Right. And is it helping you just because you're taking a pill and you think it's helping you? Right. That's always my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, what, what do they call that? Placebo. Placebo. Yeah. Placebo effect. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of love the placebo effect. Because, like, if I could take a pill and it not even be active, but it makes me feel better, like, that sounds like magic. I think that's good. Yeah. It's a good thing, you know? If I, I could just trick positive. myself into feeling better, like, yeah. that should be a thing. I wish I could. I wish I had the willpower to do that without placebo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There should be a, like, a secret doctor service that you can hire where you don't know, like, if they're giving you a real drug or a placebo drug. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's not, I'm sure that's probably illegal, but it would be interesting. It's not illegal if you agree to it, I don't think. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. that's how clinical trials work. You, well, and that's how, you get that's them, how you get medicine you works, is, like, you have to consent to the treatment. Right. Um, but I'm just saying, like, they couldn't, like, tell you that you they were definitely giving you a drug. Right. You would have to understand that you might not be getting a drug. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for this news. Don't thank me. It's not good news. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird to be thanked for bad news. <laughs> but thank you for being my guest today. Um, sad news that we did not get to talk to Kristen about nuclear testing. So... We'll do that another time. Yeah, and that's the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, thing. yeah. We're going to talk about that. And then after this episode comes out, we're going to talk about Nazis again and hair dye. Yeah, I was going to say, no Nazis, no Nazis in this episode. <laughs> no. So Surprise. Surprise. You can't play the cowboy chemistry drinking game uh, to this one because the drinking game is just like, take a drink every time you hear about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> But not this one. You're going to be very... This is a very sober and sobering episode. Yes. Let's, cool. This is the less funny one. I'm sorry anybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> Informative, though, which is the point. Yeah. Uh, but already, thank you again. Thank Put you. Put out music. Follow us on 
TikTok and Twitter and um, Instagram at Cowboy Chemistry. Uh, goodbye. Do, 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 do. Apoptosis is going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. Of stardust and chemistry.